What does abundant life living look like? Jesus' mission, his mission statement, he says is to bring life. His motive is love. Anything to do with Jesus and our Father and his kids and his family, it's always rooted in love. So how do I get this life, this eternal, abundant life that Jesus promises? Well, life begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can open up today to John 10, 10, and this is what it says. Jesus is talking, and he says, The thief, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The Amplified uh, translation says they may have life in abundance to the full. I like the message. It translates it as, more and better life than you could ever dream of. And the New Living Translation translates it as rich and satisfying life. I'm not sure about you, but when I hear those words about an abundant, more and better life, a rich and satisfying life, there's something inside me that says yes, yes, yes. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is, Jesus, I want, I want more of it. And so, Lord, I just, how do I, how do I get it? How do I get that abundant life? What does it look like? What does abundant life living look like? And are there any barriers to living that abundant life? And before we take a look at maybe answering those questions, I'd like to lay an important foundation that I believe in this John 10.10, in this one verse in these two sentences that Jesus is revealing so clearly the stark contrast between the mission statement and the motives between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light, Jesus' mission, his mission statement, he says is to bring life and life to the full. His motive is love. Anything to do with Jesus and our Father and his kids and his family, it's always rooted in love. Satan in the kingdom of darkness, his mission statement is to steal and to kill and to destroy. His motive is hatred and, and revenge. He hates our father. And the best way that he is going to be able to get revenge and break the heart of our fathers by messing with his kids. I don't really think Satan cares one way or the other about me. But I do know that if he can use me to destroy, to mess with my relationship with my father, that that's what he wants to do. 
again, to break the heart of my father. So how do I get this life and life to the full? Well, life begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And a full abundant life follows as I choose to follow Jesus. So life begins, eternal life, spiritual life begins when I trust Jesus as my savior, when I trust him with the work that he's done on the cross to forgive my sins, that I trust in his resurrection from the grave and that he lives today as my savior. And the full abundant life that he promises comes as I surrender to him as my Lord. Matthew 16, 24, 25, this is what Jesus says to his disciples. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So how do I get this life, this eternal, abundant life that Jesus promises? Well, the first thing I have to do is I have, I have to choose to trust Jesus as my Savior. And the second part of that is I have to choose to surrender to him as my Lord. Trust him as my Savior. Choose to surrender to him as my Lord. Well, what is this abundant life look like? Well, not surprising, it looks like love. It's about loving God, and it's about loving others. Jesus describes it like this. A leader of the Pharisees came to Jesus one day with a question. He wasn't really, didn't want the answer. He was just trying to trick Jesus. But his question was this. He said, of all the commandments... Which is the most important? And this is what Jesus had to say to that religious leader. Verse 29, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. Loving God is about loving him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. So what does that look like? And I think Paul, in his letter to the Romans, gives us an idea of what that looks like, loving God that way. Romans 12, verse 1, this is what Paul has to say to the believers in Rome about loving God that way. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like the message translation of that verse as well. And here's what, how the message puts it. So here's what I want you to do. 
God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I believe what Paul is telling me and maybe telling you is that loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, it means surrendering my whole life to him as a living sacrifice. It's about surrender. I have a friend who tells me that each morning when he wakes up, the first thing he does when he gets out of bed is he puts his hands above his head and he says, I surrender, Lord. And I think what he is doing, demonstrating, is something that is going on in his heart. And he's saying, God, I give you my day. I give you everything that I've got planned. Uh, I give you everything that I'm planning on doing. And I give it to you and I offer it to you. And I'm saying, take it, change it, whatever you need to do. I'm offering it. I'm offering it to you. What about loving of it? What about loving others? Jesus says to love others as yourself. Well, that sounds a lot to me like the golden, the golden rule. Uh, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount tells the people, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. Unto you. Again, Paul in his letter to the Philippians takes it a bit further. I think in what uh, doing unto others, what they have, you do unto you. In Philippians 2, Paul says it this way. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. I take away from that that loving others involves humility and it involves serving. I like this description of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. We are not meant to be doormats. We are not meant to have people uh, take advantage of us, to use us. We are children of the most high God. So humility, again, is not thinking less of who I am but it is about thinking less, thinking of myself less. So what are some ways that we can practically love each other? Uh, this time of year, I mean, the list is so, so large. Uh, this time of year, it could be shoveling your neighbor's driveway. Uh, for those people who can't get out, phoning a shut-in with the COVID, make a meal for somebody who needs a meal. Do their errands. Some people can't get out these days. Call them up, excuse me. Can I take, can I get groceries for you? 
Is there anything I can do for you that you can't do yourself? Share a coffee. Share a coffee with somebody. Call somebody up. I know it's COVID, but you can get to places and sit apart far enough and have a coffee and chat. Send an encouraging text or a card to, to somebody. Volunteer with a community service group. There are so many ways that we can love others by serving others. In God's kingdom and God's economy, love is about serving. And love is an action word. So you may be thinking, so Mark, let me get this straight. This full and abundant life that you're talking about is about knowing Jesus personally and choosing to deny myself and follow him. Mark, you're saying that this rich and satisfying life that he's promising is about loving God by offering him my whole life as a sacrifice to him. And that this more and better life than I could ever dream of is about humility and service to others. Sacrifice, surrender, serving others. Why would I choose that road? And I think for me, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I think for me, the one that stands out most of all is because that is who God is. That is who God is. And that is what God is like. That God has given everything for me. Given everything for me. And in response to that, I want to, as best I can, give everything back to him. Lastly, are there any barriers to living this abundant life? And I believe there are. Yes, it's recognizing that there is a real enemy, Satan. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy any of the kingdom life that Christ has come to bring to you and bring to me. And also recognizing that as the father of lies, his main tactic is to get me and to get you to doubt God and to trust him. With regards to abundant life, Jesus says that abundant life is about self-surrender, self-sacrifice, and serving others. Satan's lies would tempt me to believe that this abundant life is about self-interest, self-indulgence, and looking after number one. I have a friend who is currently stuck in Mexico, poor guy, and one of his recent Facebook posts, he had pictures of his rooftop uh, at the hotel uh, pool. He had pictures of laying on the beach, beautiful sand, lots of sun. Uh, he's got pictures of eating great food, uh, good beverages. And the caption for his post is, life is short. I'm going to live it to the fullest. Life is short. I'm going to live it to the fullest. With all due respect to my friend, I don't really think that he's living the dream. I think that he is living the lie. To be clear, 
There's nothing wrong with a vacation in Mexico. So Gary, Jill, you can take a sigh of relief. But if self-indulgence is my friend's foundation for living the fullest abundant life, I worry that he's on the wrong road. We're also bombarded daily with me, me, me messages. You deserve a break today, McDonald's. Why do I deserve a break today? I don't, I don't deserve a break today. But McDonald's would have me think that, yeah, you're special, you deserve a break today. If you love it, buy it. From the brick, shop your way at the brick. Save your money. And this is over and over and over and over. That we see the messages, we hear the messages that it's all about me. And we can begin fitting in to our culture without even knowing it. Romans 12 message says, don't become so well-adjusted your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. NIV, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't believe Satan's lies that abundant living is about looking after number one. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Trust Jesus that abundant life is found through surrender sacrifice, and service. To wrap things up, John 10.10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What say you? It's the beginning of a new year. Always a good time to reflect on many areas of our lives, where we are, where we might like to be. So with regards to living the abundant life. My question for me, my question for you today is, where am I? Where am I now with living this abundant life? Where would I like to be? And what do I have to do to get there? If you're thinking you'd like more of this abundant life that Christ has come to give you and to come me, maybe some other some questions you can ask is, where could I surrender more? of my life to Christ? Where can I sacrifice more for my life in Christ? And where can I serve others more? I'd like to finish with sort of a benediction from Pope Francis. And my apologies to the Pope. Uh, I find this benediction is a little cheesy but I think the, solid, the message is solid. And here's what the Pope has to say about abundant living. He says, rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself. And flowers do not spread their fragrance to themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other. And no matter how difficult it is, life is good when you're happy, but much better when others are happy because of you. I'd like to wish you God's best for 2021. And again, 
stay safe.